0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Hey, I'm going to be in the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 11 this morning, the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 11, and I want to speak to you a little bit this morning about a new start and a sure finish a new start and a sure finish. I do like uh, New Year's in the sense of having a fresh start, don't you? And, uh, you know, it's the time that we make uh, many resolutions that go out the door within a week or two, uh, many of them. But uh, at the same time, it's still good, the idea of having a fresh start. And, uh, but I want to tell you how you can have a, fre- a new start and a sure finish. You know, the Bible is an extraordinary book. It's an extraordinary book in so many ways. It is historically phenomenal. It is scientifically astonishing, and it is is, is effectually practical. in in, In the midst of all that, the key to the wonder of God's Word lies in the fact of what I just said. It is the very Word of God. So it was inspired by God Almighty which means God breathed is the picture there. When you breathe, you when you speak, you breathe. You if you hold your hand in front of your uh, mouth when you speak, you can feel the air. That's what inspiration. God's word, His word is inspired. So He inspired His word. He also preserved His word. And in addition to inspiring and preserving, He has done it to where He went out. So there's inspiration. There's preservation. Then there's illumination. In other words, through the working of the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God together, God will use His Word to transform your life. In fact, the world has truly been transformed by the Word of God. The The, 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 Word stand, the, the universe stands today because of the Word of God. God spoke, and it was. Now today, we open the book to Deuteronomy chapter number 11, And as we open up this amazing book this morning, here's one of the great things I can assure you, that the Creator of all the universe has a message for you today, right here in this book. See, this is the reason, when we think about gathering here, opening up the Word of God, reading what the Bible has to say, that's the reason that week after week, uh, uh, Sunday mornings, Wednesday evenings that we gather together expectantly. We gather expectantly. We listen attentively. We respond properly, and we are able then to depart joyfully as we consider the Word of God. Now today, we're going to take a journey way back in history. We're going to take a, a journey back in time when the children of Israel were about to be crossing over into the Promised Land. And... Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and it's a fair question to ask, okay, what's that got to do with me? You said this is the Word of God and it's transformative and God's got a Word for me. What does these folks back in this time have to do with me? Well, amazingly, we're told in the New Testament, we are told that all these things that happened unto them that we're about to read about happened unto them for in sample. And they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. So let's look quickly here in Deuteronomy chapter number 11. I want to show you these verses. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse number 8 is where we'll begin. And the Bible says, Therefore shall ye keep all the commandments which I command you this day, that you may be strong, and go in and possess Possess the land, whether you go in to possess it, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, to give them into their seed a land that floweth with milk and honey. For the land, whether thou goest in to possess it, it is not as the land of Egypt from which you came out where thou sowest thy seed, and water it with thy foot, as a garden of herbs. But the land, whether ye go in to possess it, is a land of hills and valleys, and drinketh up uh, water of the rain of heaven. And those with me verse 12. This is going to be where I'm kind of drawing your attention to a little bit this morning, kind of the centerpiece of this passage that we're going to emphasize. A land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it. Listen to this. From the beginning of the year, even unto the end of the year. And it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in His due season." The first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thy oil. And I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived. And ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you. And he shut up the heaven that there be no rain that the land yield not her fruit, unless ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much again for allowing us to gather together today. Lord, I thank you for this, the, the, the message of your word. I'm glad that we have the eternal word of God. And I pray, God, that uh, the Spirit of God will work in our midst, dear Lord, and as the word of God is preached. And I pray that you'll speak to each heart accordingly. If there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray that will change before the end of this service, and God, I pray that indeed you will help us, God, uh, see how we can have a new start and a sure finish to enter into your land, into your promises that you have for our lives, and we'll thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So there's a promise from God each new year in the land of Canaan that we just read about. That's the context here. It's a land that God said in verse 12, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, my eyes are on this land. Now, the reason I believe that matters to us today, I want to make application to this, and I'll explain that more in just a moment, but I want to say today that without question, God has a plan for your life in 2023. God has a plan for your life in 2023. God has promises for your life this new year. And and when God gives the promises, He also gives the power to perform whatever His promises are over the next 365 days. However, this is the important part, it's your choice whether or not you follow God's plan. God's plan that leads to blessing and success, or choose a different path, which leads to either mediocrity or just absolute failure. Now, a very important distinction I want to make in the way of introduction is this. To understand that as we interpret interpret this passage, God is speaking to the nation of Israel many years ago, as we've already said. Some people get mixed up in their theology a little bit because they, they try to take... They try to take the same principles that apply, or at least the same uh, interpretation that applies to Israel, and they try to apply it to the church today. But one of the things you'll understand when you study the Bible is that the nation of Israel, the children of Israel, they were an earthly people, an earthly kingdom, and God promised them earthly blessings. As you study, it's all about the land, and it's about their possessions, and uh, you know, in the Old Testament, you could definitely tell when a person was blessed by God by the amount of uh, maybe the property or wealth or health even, you could say back during that time. So the interpretation, God is talking to a literal people that their, their promises are concerning actual land and actual cattle and so forth. But the, but the application that we make to our lives today comes to the New Testament church, to Christians. And we are a spiritual people with spiritual blessings. Now, in America, we get to enjoy both, don't we? Uh, We really do. And in America, we enjoy both. But when you study, really, the history of the church, when you study the New Testament, you find out that our wealth and our success, I was talking about success. God promises you success this year. And some people are just like saying, okay, how much, you know? How much money can I expect? How many possessions? We're not talking about that. You know, how many many more positions can I expect to climb in um, in my business or in my corporation? I'm not talking about that. You may indeed do that. God may indeed bless you that way. But that's not the promises that are across the board that we're talking about here today. In other words, as Christians, is this not so, church? As Christians, we prosper and we count our blessings with things that money cannot buy. God's plan, whatever God's plan is for you for 2023, it may not promise you health, or wealth, or prosperity. And somebody says, well, my goodness, uh, well, you know, I thought you said that we got, God had a plan for it. He does. And it may include health, wealth, and prosperity. Uh, but that's not the promise. That's not the promise. But it does promise peace like a river. Joy like a fountain and love like an ocean. <laughs> Amen? It does promise some things that money cannot buy. When, when we, prom- when we, when we as, as a married couple follow God's ways, listen, that doesn't mean that every, everything physically is going to be going great. But you know what it does mean? That we're going to be strengthened together in love and care. One- I'm talking about the things that money can't buy family, peace, joy. That's how we as God's people, stability, that, that we measure our uh, prosperity. It's a little bit different. So today, with the, with quickly, I want to show from these verses and apply them to our lives today, how that you can have a new start and a sure finish. And the cool thing is, we'll be able to actually show this being the first day of the new year, we'll be able to talk a little bit about the mission and the purpose of Elk Point Baptist Church. And it really does start. That's kind of this message that I'm preaching, is kind of what we try to do and what we're really about. But number one, it starts with deliverance. Deliverance. Now, I don't have time to go back there, but if we were to go back to the book of Exodus, you would find out where these people came from. Who are these people that are about to enter into this beautiful land that God has promised to take care of and nurture and bless? Who are these people? Where did they come from? I'm so glad for, uh, really, the songs that, all the songs that were sung, but it was cool. I love when, by, with, with, without it being planned, uh, which we don't often do, planning the message with the songs, but it's cool how often the message and the songs work together. But, you know, that, that uh, we sung uh, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, I mean, I've Been Set Free, and, and all that. Well, these people were set free. They were slaves in bondage in the land of Egypt. They were a people that were lost. But God, in His mercy, God, in His mercy, He heard their cries of despair from the pit of slavery and darkness that they were in. And He sent them a deliverer. And this deliverer came with a message, but this deliverer came with a plan, and it was through the blood of the Lamb That the children of Israel were delivered from their bondage, from their slavery, from under the power of Pharaoh, and brought out to a new life that God had for them. Well folks, it is no accident, I was talking about how amazing the Bible is, it is no accident that that exact thing that happened with the nation of Israel is a picture of what happens with us. It's clear. We too, before salvation, we were born into bondage. Because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and we're born into this bondage just like these people were. And in that bondage, what we begin to find out is that sin brings despair. It brings darkness. It brings chains along with it. And there's nothing really... There's no pleasure in this life that can take away the spot of sin. There's no good deeds that we do that can take away the sins that we've already committed, right? So, what did God do? God heard our cries. He looked down through time and eternity and He looked into your heart. And He looked into my life. And He heard the cries. He he heard the need. He heard that which we're longing for. Just like He heard the cries of the children of Israel and He sent a deliverer. And the Deliverer's name is Jesus. Amen? Why are we going to call Him Jesus, uh, Mr. Angel? Because He shall save His people from their sins. He will deliver them. And then, but, but did you think about it. Just as these people were delivered by the blood of the Lamb on Passover, when, jo- when John the Baptist was out baptizing in the River Jordan, and he saw Jesus coming across the Judean hillside, he, he pointed his finger and said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. So through a de- God sent a deliverer, and through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus shed His blood, died on the cross, rose again the third day, so that you and I might be delivered. That our chains may be set free. That we may be saved by the grace of God. In other words, this is the good news. Talking about the purpose and the mission of Elk Point Baptist Church, one of the, ver- the, the thing at the top of the list is preaching the gospel telling people the good news amen that jesus saves church doesn't save good works don't save baptism doesn't save but jesus saves and he saves thoroughly i like what the bible says in hebrews it says he saves to the uttermost so deliverance that's where it starts at if you want to have a new if you want to have the kind of new start that i'm talking about today you must first have new life because how many of you know that turning over a new leaf doesn't always work too well? But I'm not talking about turning over a new leaf. Folks, I'm talking about having a transformed life. I'm talking about being changed. Not See, all the world and religion and anything in the world really for that matter can do is try to work from the outside in. But God works from the inside out. And He transforms your heart and your mind and He saves your soul and He changes your life. And so, you, you, can have li- you can have a new life, you can have a new life, you can have a new beginning when you have a new life in Christ. So, the, the first part of what we always want to try to do, and I'm telling you, by the grace of God, there's, uh, I don't know, I don't know if there's ever a time that a message is preached from this pulpit. We could be preaching on any subject, but we always try to bring it back at some point before it's over with, to saying, hey, by the way, Jesus shed His blood for you and died on the cross, that you might be saved. Good news, right? That we share with the world, I mean this is what we glory in the cross of christ but so so that 's the first part. Have you been delivered? Have you received Christ as your savior? Do you know, do you know what it is to know him uh, man i 'm glad that I do i 'm glad that, that that as as, as the, the song has been sung today, I can rejoice and sing along. my chains are gone i 've been set free. why? Because I can remember the time when when the Word of God was preached, and the Word of God revealed to my heart. It, it first comes into the mind, but you know, which is a part of the heart, but, but then I begin to realize, wait a second, I need Jesus. I, all this time I've always believed in Him, and I've said my prayers, and I've tried to do good things, hoping that God would see that and say, you know what, you've done really well. But the thing that I didn't realize was that no matter how good I did or anybody else does, that doesn't erase what I've already done. It doesn't erase the fact that I'm a sinner, that I'm separated from God. And and when I finally realized, man, Hawker, you talk about a good day. Because much like you boys, I mean, I imagine as long as y'all can go back and remember, you've probably always heard and believed Jesus died on the cross, right, rose again the third day, you know, before that, he was virgin born just right down the line. I was like that. I wasn't raised in church in a Christian home like these boys. But just being in the, in the home I was in, the culture I was in, I always knew that. But Hawker, the day. The day, Connor, when I realized, wait a second. This is why he died. This is why he came. This is why the Deliverer came. This is why the Lamb came. This is why the blood of the Lamb was shed. Because it's not about what I can do or what any church can do for me, it's what He's done for me and I can just put my faith and trust in Him. So it starts with deliverance, but, it, but it's not just there. It goes on to direction. And this is it. This is the verse. If, if there's a verse that wraps up the mission of what we're trying to do as a church, I believe it's in John 10.10 a verse you hear me say many times where Jesus said, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. There's the problem. The thief. He's talking about sin. He's talking about Satan. The world all around us has been robbed. They've been beaten. Many of them are on the brink of destruction. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said what? But I have come that they might have life. Number one, I've come that they might have life. That's my first point. Deliverance being saved, being forgiven, life, trusting Christ as Savior. But he didn't stop there. Because this is where the ministry of Elk Point Baptist Church goes on. It's not just that they might have life. Yes, we preach the gospel, but we don't stop there. Because Jesus said, not only did I come that they might have life, I've also come that they might have it more abundantly. I've come that they might have it more abundantly. All right, So that's the second part. It's, the first step is just trusting Christ. It's being saved, having your sins forgiven. After that, we grow. And it's, it becomes, God has an abundant life planned for you and for me. And so therefore, the mission and many of the ministries, the, the Bible studies, why come? Why, why take time out of a Sunday and a Wednesday to, to be a part of the services here? Because by the grace of God, we are trying to, number one, work against the steal, kill, destroy. And what we're doing through the Word of God and through, through the teaching and, and the different ministries that we're having is so that you might have life. And that more abundantly. So that you can grow in your walk with Christ. So that you can grow in your marriage. So that you can grow just in who you are. I mean, listen, the Bible, I talked about it being a wonderful book. What are some of the things that people get so caught up with this time here? year? Uh, Money, a lot of times, the big thing, right? I'm going to get my finances under control. But did you, did you know the Bible has these soundest principles when it comes to uh, uh, planning, saving, spending, debt? All that's answered within the pages of the Word of God in a very practical way. Some of you know Dave Ramsey. Every bit of the practical stuff he talks about are just from the pages of the Word of God, right? And so you think about that. I mean, marriage? Boy, marriages are in a wreck today, aren't they? I, I hadn't been on this earth all that long, but in the, in the relatively short time, the young people think I've been on this earth for a long time, but in, 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 a, in a relatively short life of mine, man, you talk about the divorce rate. I remember, I remember a time when they would talk about the divorce rate, and they would talk about the divorce rate in the world, you know, people that aren't in church, and then they'd talk about the divorce rate in the people in church. And it was a pretty drastic difference when I was a lot younger. But now it's about the same. Pretty much I think it's exactly the same. And, uh, and, and, and I understand that there's, when we talk about divorce, I understand that there's causes and all that. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm talking about the people that are just saying, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I think I'm done. think I'm going to move on. Uh, you know, I, I don't, don't think I'm really feeling the love anymore. You know, I'm talking about how that through the Word of God, our marriages can be strengthened. Men can learn how to be godly win- uh, men. <laughs> Woo! Boy, that got me there. Men can learn how to be godly men, not godly women. Uh, men can learn how to be godly men. Women can learn how to be godly women. And let me tell you something about it, and I've, I've mentioned this a lot, but it's just been on my heart. Um, no term in the Hebrew Bible for adolescence. Because at the age of 12, 13 years old, though, we, we call people young men and young women, there's really an idea for that. You know why? Because at that point, young men and young women need to start thinking, like, I, don't, I wonder sometimes, do you teenagers know I'm preaching to you right now? Or, or, or do, you, do you think that we have to have a special service to where like, oh yeah, I'm going to bring it down on a whole different level, let's get the teens together. We get the teens together. We're going to start getting the middle schools together regularly. With the youth group there also. Uh, but I'm preaching to you right now. Are you saved? Do you have a Bible? you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you? When we're talking about your walk with God, this applies to you just as much as it applies to us old people. Amen? Because God's word is, it, it isn't. God's word isn't segregated by age, amen. It's to each of us, and so we can all be growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. Serve God. When we talk about opportunities to serve, I'm not just talking about the old people. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the young people. We need young people that'll be greeters. We need young people that'll be, you know, help be a part of the care and prayer team and all the other things. It's like, you're the church too. You're not the church of tomorrow. You're the church of today. We want to encourage and empower you to be that way. But uh, but, but let me give you a few of these thoughts this morning. Life and life more abundantly as we look in uh, these passages. In verse number eight, we see that God gives direction. He says, therefore shall you keep all the commandments, that's the word of God, which I command you this day. I, I appreciate people that ask why. And if, and if you've got kids, young kids, why? Then you answer the question, I was talking to somebody in church the other day, I can't remember who it was, but thank God for all the kids in the church. And let me tell you something, it's okay to have your kids in the church also, Amen? Uh, and, and so we we always encourage that uh, a, a little a little movement a little noise is uh, just fine amen especially as quiet as y'all are sometimes it's 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 welcome but why and then you answer the question what's the and what's the what, what they always have a follow up question to the answer to your question what's that, and what's that what's that question what's the follow up question to your answer but why right hey but I'm telling you why that's a good thing keep keep all my commandments which I command you this day. Why? That you may be strong. And that you may go in and possess the land. In other words, so we get this, I'm telling you, if you think about this, it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. The lie of Satan was God's trying to mess up your life by telling you something. God's trying to ruin your life. He's telling you something you ought not do and He's telling you something to do. What's up with that? And our human nature, does that not just go right along with our human nature? God's telling me what? I, let me tell you, I've got to preach a message about this sometime, but I be, there is a time, there's a time to go against uh, ungodly authority. I think there can be a time to ignore stupid authority. Um... But but I'll say this, that I think all of us at the heart heart of many of us honestly, if we'd be honest, is rebellion. Right? I mean, listen. God God, God said, here here you go. Here's what God says. This is your nature and it's my nature. God says, Adam and Eve, I want to bless you. I've given you thousands of trees bearing fruit. Uh, Just All kinds of different, lovely, delicious, wonderful fruit. Just, here it is. I mean, just, you see it all out there. Oh, but there's this one tree, though. This one, leave it alone. Leave this one tree alone. Where do you find Eve? Hey, Eve, 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 there's a thousand other trees over here with great stuff that you can do. Yeah, but there's this one that God said not to, right? Uh, that's, that's in our nature. There's this rebellion in our nature. And I'm telling you, there is a right time and a right kind. We may not want to call it rebellion, but there's a right time. We wouldn't have a country without that, by the way. Um, so there's a right time for some of this. And, and, and I have a bad habit about this. Y- y'all know me. So those of you that know me know that I have a tough time with this. I, I have a tough time with ar- arbitrary rules, right? You know, at, at Polaris, you know, they lay down a, a piece of tape. I lay down this piece of tape. You can eat on this side of the tape, not on that side of the tape. Guess what I do? Ah, uh, your 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 equipment can be on this side of the tape, not on that side of the tape. So I just park my forks and put, pull them over about that far over the tape. Some of y'all some of you bosses are out there. I'd fire your tail so quick. <laughs> I,
1: I hate guys like
0: you. Uh, <laughs> Do not enter. You know, I don't see no reason why not. You know, authorized personnel only. Is it open? See what's in there? I'm not even joking. Uh, It's awful. Uh, But the point I'm just simply trying to make is this. God says, hey, I got some do's. I got some do's and I got some do nots for you. Oh, why God? Because I want you to be strong. Because I want to bless you. Because I want you to be strong in your. I want you to be emotionally strong. I want you to be mentally strong. I I, I want you to be blessed. I want you to. I want your relationships to be strong. I, I want you to quit being the type of person. See, we, we, our society is made up of. You got these ideas you know, of, of you know, you complete me or whatever it is stuff, right? So in other words, we've got people that go around like they're, they're 50%, and they're looking for somebody else that's 50%, and then they come together, and then they can be one whole. No. God wants us, you listen to this, if you're not married yet, God wants you to be a whole person. Not this needy person that's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, you can be a whole person with who you are in Christ. And then you get together and marry a, another person. That's And as, as, listen, as married couples, we need to learn to develop in this also to where we are content in Christ. And then we can be strong people, strong marriages. I'm just telling you, God wants you to live an abundant life. It's practical stuff. The problem is is it goes against our wisdom. It goes against the way we think. It goes against the way that we want to go. God gives direction that you may go in and possess it. Why? That you may be strong and go in and possess it. I mean, I want you to understand something about God here. God is envisioning these people, and He's just picturing them. He's just picturing them over in Canaan's land. I mean, eating the honey, drinking the milk, enjoying the fruit. Man, He's imagining laughter. Kids running across the hills. Families just loving one another. Neighbors treating one another well. God is just envisioning all this for His people. Because that's what He wants. And that's what He wants for us as well. He's got a life for you that's a good, good life. Listen, follow my word, keep all my commandments. And listen, there is a strength that we get. And here's the good thing about the commandments, about God's word. God's power, listen to this, God's commandments are God's enablements. And here's what I mean by that. It's not God sitting way over here saying, okay, here's what you got to do next. Do this, do this, do that. No, 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 no. That's not about that at all. Keeping my commandments. His commandments are in a, Jesus illustrated this to us when he speaks to, uh, he, he spoke to him, and he did this several times. You, you remember when he spoke to the man the, the Bible says he had a withered hand? You know He, 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 he had just had all total muscle atrophy and, and, and his arm was just withered up and been that way for so many years. Jesus comes and gives a command to him. And you know what his command is? Some of you do. Stretch forth your hand. Wow, Lord, you're messing with me or what here? I mean, that's kind of my problem. I can't stretch forth my hand. But you know what that man did? With, with By faith, he said, okay. Now, that, it was not that man's power that gave him the ability to stretch forth his hand. It was faith in the power. It was faith in the person. It was believing, okay, you know what, God? You told me to do this? You told me, uh, you told me to love my wife as Christ loved the church? How can any human love any other human that way? I can't. Lord, that's impossible. You know, live a holy life, walk with God, be faithful, do the thing. Hey, for me personally, for me in my, in my individual life, hey, become a preacher. Start a couple churches. Uh, you know, start a, I was like, uh, well, Lord, I can't do that but I believe and God does it, amen? See, the performance is in the... So it's not God saying, you know, leaving us on our own and saying, okay, see if you can do all this stuff. That's the wrong picture. The picture is of God empowering us to do that when we are willing and when we say, okay, Lord, you said I could do this. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, all right? So he gives direction. He gives us his word. Here's the reason. Okay, we're starting a new year. We're starting a new year. So, I, so this message is a little bit different. That's why I keep pausing like this. The, because we're starting a new year and for many of us, we start new Bible goals every year. You know, whether it's reading through the Bible this year. Hey, if you'd like to do that, there's going to be some people in this church that are reading through the Bible this year. Some of them will be doing it on a Bible app. And many of us are on this same Bible app where we can communicate and encourage one another and pray for one another. It's a lot of fun. But... Other people are just going to maybe start trying to read, make it a point that you know I'm going to read some every day. Others, hey, how many of you would like to uh, maybe start memorizing some passages this year? Uh, I've got some that I want to memorize, so maybe if, you, if maybe we could get together and talk about some of the passages that we're thinking about, and we could work together and encourage one another in that. I'm trying to as we start the new, encouraging you to start this new year off in the Bible. Now, let me tell you something. You say, I'll pray, try to understand it. If, and that's one of the reasons why I keep coming to church. Keep, keep listening because we're going to be trying to get some, um, you know, uh, we, we, we have Sunday, we have Sunday morning uh, at 9.45, we have Sunday at 11, we have Wednesday at 7, and in all of these, we are into the Word of God. And coming into this new year, we are going to have some specific uh, topics that are going to be helping uh, new believers and new members even with some of the first steps and some of, the, some, of the, some of the questions, you know, from the very beginning and working on into some of the harder questions. So be paying attention. We're going to be doing some of that. We, we do, from time to time, we'll have a men's Bible study and there's women's Bible studies and, and we try to have these other opportunities uh, for people. So be paying attention and, 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 and listening for that and say, you know what, I'll give that a shot. But, but learning the Bible, I can tell you as a person with ADD that when I first got saved, guess what I was told? Like many of you were told, hey, man, uh, pray, start going to church regularly, read your Bible every day. The praying and going to church wasn't so rough. But the reading your Bible every day was rough. I've shared this with you. Some of you have heard it a hundred times. But, but, but literally, my, my, my issue with reading was to the extent, Emily... Uh, we've talked about stuff. So my, my issue with reading was to the extent to where we would literally, in, in high school, you'd have these little things, you know, to where you'd have these uh, five short paragraphs. Or maybe it'd be one, it, it, but th- then you'd have five questions afterwards. Not so hard, right? I'm talking about just read this much, answer five questions. i told you what I did. I went and guessed on the questions. That's how much I can, that's how, that's how, like, reading was like, ah! That's like a nightmare to me. No. And then but then but I got saved and I was told, hey, read your Bible. And I'm just like, okay. Da, 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 da. And all of a sudden I'd hit the end of the chapter and, and remember, oh, I was reading. Because I'm daydreaming the entire time. Because I have no clue what I'm just what I'm reading right now. But I, I think some of the best advice I ever got was from Joe Fleming, one of the men that helped disciple me. And he says, he says, read it anyway, Jesse. He said, because the word of God's a spiritual book. It's the Word of God. And he said, you may not always get it right here. He said, but if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit in here. And he gave this picture, and man, it just helped me so much. He said, you may not be getting it here, but as you read, he said, the Holy Spirit of God is going to reach out and bring a little bit into your heart. And bring a little bit more into your heart. And that's what God started doing. Next thing you know, uh, I would be talking to somebody and say, well, you know, the Bible says, and I would uh, partially quote a Bible verse. I'm like, where did that come from? You know, I didn't even know I read that because I was daydreaming, you know. And, uh, and little by little, I learned to read. And, and again, if you, and, and you know, I, I pick on people that are like me, but seriously, do it on audio. You know, if you still just have trouble reading, do it on audio. I think there's a value to reading, uh, but do it on audio. Get it into your heart. Get it into your mind. Uh, So, because here's the thing. He's saying keep all my commandments. Well, in other words, do what I'm telling you to do. I'm giving you instructions for this life and this land. Follow them. But if you're sitting there saying, okay, what are the instructions? Well, I'd say keep coming to church, but I'd also say... Read. Do a good devotion. The good thing about the Bible app is you can do a number of things. If you're dealing with stress, you can do a whole Bible study just on stress, just on depression, just on uh, grief, just on whatever it is that you're dealing with. There's Bible studies on the Bible app that are designed just for some of those things that can be real helpful. God gives direction. Here's what he says right here. I love John six sixty three. Jesus said, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, listen to this, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Uh, I, I want to say today, at the halfway point of my message, don't worry, I'm, qu- I'm going to quit. I'm not going to finish. But I do want to say this today. Some people are just like, what? Uh, you're looking at a man today whose life has been transformed by the Word of God. If you know me today, you know me, and, and, and especially when you think about the positive, some of the negative is still, you know, it's, it's a work in progress, believe me. Um, but God's doing a work. And I've been transformed by the Word of God. I was transformed the day I heard the Word of God and accepted Him as my Savior. But then I begin to, I, I continue to get transformed. I mean, you know, I, I, I think about, hey, I became a better worker. Besides, like, you know, trying to break some of those rules that I think are arbitrary. But I became a better worker through the Word of God. I became a better, I became a more dependable person. I became a better citizen through the Word of God. I mean, I, 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 then I became a better friend. And then I became a husband. And I became a decent husband i'm not the husband that i want to be but i'm telling you through the word of god i can tell you god's helped me to be a, a decent husband and I, I can tell you i love my wife like crazy and you know it's kind of one of those things just like with my kids to be a decent dad uh, i want to be the best dad possible heaven's shaking and say, well um but to be a decent dad in other words i'm but there's a lot of shortcomings there there's going to be that but what i'm telling you if it wasn't for the word of god Marriage? No way. Uh, kids? There's no way that I would be anywhere close to being, uh, you know. And, and I'm just being honest with you. I I know my family's history. I know my family track record. I know me and my sinfulness. I'd be just a ter- I'd, I'd just would be a terrible, selfish person today. That's where I would be had it not been for for salvation and the Word of God, life and life abundantly. I would be off somewhere trying to fulfill all my desires. But you know what you find out when you do that? I would be one of those, and I say, I say it in a, the, the nicest way possible, somebody that's trying to achieve, uh, or achieve success, but Satan will make a loser out of you. Because you focus on self, 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 self all this time, and you find out that the more you try to satisfy self, the more you come up empty. And that's where without question I would be, so let's just look. I'm just going to give you these verses and we'll we'll stop. Okay, so we see that the direction, the word of God, get in the word of God this year. Uh, hey, talk with me, get with me, get with some others. We're going to be reading the Bible this year. Uh, duration. Notice this what the Bible says in verse 9. It says that you may prolong your days in the land, which the Lord your God swear unto your fathers to give unto them their seed, a land that floweth honey. Listen, there's a lot of joy, there's a lot of pleasure that we've already alluded to. Milk and honey. Verse 10, for the land whether thou goest in to possess it, it, it's not as the land from which ye came out, and go down to verse number 11, but the land whether ye go to possess it, it is a land of hills and valleys. I promise you one thing, there's going to be ups and downs in this coming year. Hills and valleys. But it drinks up the water from the rain of heaven. One of the big points I want to make to you today is this. It's not all about your effort. It's about what God's going to do. See, when they went into Canaan's land, they were no longer looking at the Nile River and the the way it was laid out that gave the fertility to that region of Egypt. Now they were going to to look up to heaven if God was going to bless. And I'm telling you, if something's going to get done, it's not going to be done by our feet, as he alludes to here, and the work of our hands. It's going to be from heaven. God's got to do the work. And that's what he's speaking to here. Uh, But then he says in verse uh, verse 12, a land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year until the end. God has a beautiful plan for your life. I like what the Bible says. In in the book of Psalms, it speaks about how that God has, how how that He crowns the year. Psalm 65, verse 11, Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. And so it's just the idea, God crowns the year. He's got a plan for the year. There's delight, there's difficulty, but then there's dedication. God is promising to take care of you this year. But it's a life of faith. Because sometimes you're gonna be in the valley and you're gonna think God's a thousand miles away. That's how you're gonna feel. But the good news is we don't live by, we walk by faith, not by sight. We have His promises. God may feel a thousand miles from me, but I know He's right here with me. Why? Because He told me in His Word, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So I don't have to, I, I'm not going off my feeling. I'm going by the fact of God's Word. There's times I'm going to be overwhelmed that I think I can't do it, but then God's going to remind me that, or confirm, you can't do it, Jesse. But that's where I come in. That's where I come in. to give. When he speaks to that lame man and says, rise up and walk, I can't walk, Lord, I don't have strength, but the man jumps up, right? So God, the dedication, the dedication of God, but then I want to close just by warning about distraction. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 16, the Bible says, take heed, has a good place toward the end of a message, ain't it distraction? I wonder how many are distracted right now. Uh, take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and that you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. What can happen is our eyes can start to get off God, and we can start looking for what seems like a simple solution. See, Satan and sin always offer what seems like a quick solution to your problem. But I'm telling you, it's not a, it, it ends up leading to more and more grief. He's saying, stay the course. Keep your eyes on me. Don't, get, don't let yourself get turned aside. Because it's going to be hard sometimes. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be strong temptations. But I'm telling you, God is faithful, who will not suffer us to be tempted above that which we are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. He says, take heed. Don't allow, allow yourself to be turned. Don't let your heart be deceived. I'm going to give you these verses. I'm not going to read them to you right now. But Colossians 1, 9 through 14 are kind of the New Testament equivalent of the verses that we just read here out of Deuteronomy 11. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. But as uh, as Barb comes this morning, uh, as we all stand, I thank you so much. Listen, God wants to give you a new start and a sure finish today. And I don't know what your need is today, but I wonder, number one, have you experienced that divine deliverance, amen, that wonderful salvation? Are you saved by God's grace? If you, are, if you are, man, understand this. God's got an abundant life cut out for you, set aside for you. God wants to bless you this year. I just, I'm just telling you, He wants to bless you, but it's your choice. Obey, follow the Word of God. Believe God. Trust Him. Man, selfishness, man, it can be so insidious. Because there's kind of an irony. Because it's our selfishness that makes us make bad decisions. But, you know, like if we were really interested in self-preservation, we would just say, you know what, I'm going to do what God said. (laughs) Even though it's contrary to what I think. You know what the Bible says in Proverbs, don't you? This is another going to commit to memory if you don't know it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. Listen, what God tells you to do don't always make sense. You know, when God says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, that doesn't make sense to us. See, God is. How did Christ love the church? Christ loved the church. The church. Who's the church? Church is made up of us, sinners. When people were cussing His name, living in the most sinful degradation you can imagine, what did Jesus do? He loved us. Lord, that don't really make. You want me to love my wife like that? My wife hasn't earned it. I'm not going to give her this unconditional love. Bible says, see, that the wife reverence her husband. That speaks about respect. I'm going I'm to show him respect. I'm going to be respectful toward him. Yeah, but he's a 40-year-old, 12-year-old. I'm not respecting that dude. You know? How am I supposed to do that with God's help? But selfishly, it's like it don't make sense to us. But here's what, here's what i tell you. You know what God does? You do what God said. If you'll love your wife like Christ loved the church, you'll find your wife being more lovable. You'll find her living up to the love that you're giving her. If you'll begin to show your husband that respect that God says to show, you know what you'll find? Your husband. Let me ask you this. How's your way working for you? How's putting him down, talking about how worthless and whatever else he is. How's that working? Not too good. But just start showing him some respect. Husbands, how's it, how's it working uh, not you know holding out and being cold and quiet and all that stuff not very well in other words I'm just giving you one example of something that doesn't make sense don't lean to your own understanding try God's way because I promise you yours really doesn't work all that well and all these other ones out there don't work too well either try God's way not only in marriage but in everything if you're not here if you're here today and again you don't know Christ I, I beg you to accept him before the day's over Lord, I thank You, God, as we gather together, that I can be sure that You have a message for us, God, each of us, from Your Word today. God, I pray starting right up here with me, God. First day of the new year, Lord. Lord, I utterly depend upon You. I'm not strong in my own strength. Lord, I totally depend upon You. And I pray that You'll help me, Lord, to lay hold on all that You have for me this year. Help me to believe you, help me to lean not to my own understanding, help me not to be disapproved, and be contrary to that which I'm preaching to others, dear Lord, because my nature is surely contrary, but God, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, you can strengthen and help us, Lord, and we thank you for that, in Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you, thanks for being here, you are dismissed.